Hi guys, this is Zuting and I'm at the Pendulum Show. <laughs> um, I am here with Yodin, Bamba, Tim and Deva. These are guys that I've met from, um, from high school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hi guys. So, hi, hi Zuting, thanks for joining us today. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. And uh, we wanted to have something on and Tim as well because we wanted to have uh, uh, yeah, uh, a few different perspectives around our topic today, which you should know from the title, mm -hmm. is social media destroying critical thinking. So why are we talking about this now? There are basically two main uh, incidents which, which bring this to our minds at the moment. So, and they both revolve around uh, the Black Lives Matter protests, which are going on mm -hmm. right now in the States. Uh, firstly, Everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, firstly, is the whole incident surrounding Samantha K. So, if some of you don't know, Samantha K is the Miss Universe Malaysia who posted something uh, quite misguided on social media, no doubt. And uh, there was a bandwagon of condemnation basically on social media, and where literally everybody wanted to have their piece to say about, uh, to say about her. So, that's one thing. Uh, another thing is, uh, I'm sure if you all use Instagram, you've seen the black squares on your timeline in the past few days. It's become almost obligatory. And, yeah. mm. uh, and this interests us because we wonder whether Malaysians have uh, looked at racism in our own country as well and compared it to what's going on there. And do they spend the same amount of energy? And what does this have to do with critical thinking? So a lot of people do feel that social media has evolved from connecting with friends. It has become a place where people go to validate their pre-existing opinions. They not only validate their pre-existing opinions, uh, some might even say that it's become a place where the mob mentality reigns supreme. Everybody has to have the same set of views or they get cancelled or they get condemned and, and mm -hmm. so on. So, I mean, it's an open question. That's what we want to talk about today. Uh, I think we can just start off with uh, how how much do all of you use social media and what do you use it for? Uh, maybe we can start with uh, Zuteng, if you don't mind. <laughs> well, actually, um, I was actually, um, I was curious why you picked this topic at first because I'm actually not a heavy social media user, uh, except for YouTube. I think that's yeah. considered a social media mm -hmm. platform. Yeah, right? yes. yeah, because I so, think... Yeah. Um, I think a few years ago, I started asking myself um, if using social media would actually add value to my life. And I think YouTube so far has topped the list for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So YouTube basically, yeah. And um, yeah. so uh, for those of you who don't know, Zeting also uh, studied in, in Shanghai as well, right? Yes. So, yeah, yes. For the no... past five and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, there's uh, limited access to the kinds of platforms that we have here. You know, Facebook, That's Instagram, right. and Twitter. Right. Yeah. No YouTube as well, by the way. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No it's YouTube. Google. It's a Google company. Yes. Yeah. yes, no YouTube, no Google, no Twitter, no Facebook. So, basically, during my first year, I, I was completely away from whatever we had. We, mm -hmm. I used to use back home. Um, right. And, yeah. Okay. Basically. Yeah, yeah, so so maybe we'll circle back around to that. What that's like. Um, how about mm -hmm. uh, Tim? Okay, I I use social media for a number of number of things. I think the main thing is to connect with friends, 
But I also think that there's a gap in the mainstream media. So I, I do use that to like see everyday people and what they think. Yeah, that's yes. that's that's yes. one of the reasons. Certainly, that's right for social media. Mm. Uh, okay, Deva. <laughs> <laughs> so we're laughing because yeah, <laughs> I've been off social media for the past um one and a half years, and that includes all of it, lah. Um, the only thing I actually use is YouTube. Oh, high five! It's also <laughs> just to watch random videos, but um. Mostly, I feel um, uh, getting off social media has many positive effects on my daily life. I have mm. saved so much more time, spent a lot more time with people, developing relationships, and to me, that's very, very important, lah. Mm. Yes. So yeah, I can totally okay. relate to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yodin. Ah yes. So I mean. I do not really invest my time and effort into social media other than growing the Pendulum show, really. <laughs> uh, if, if I had a choice, I probably wouldn't have it. Because just as Teva said, you know, I mean, there are many aspects in, that can improve your life once, you're, once you realize you're off social media. But that's not to negate the value that social mm. media can add to a lot of other people, right? Especially around the world because it has opened a lot of doors for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, it has brought everyone closer together, right? But that's also why we're discussing this topic is that how essentially do we use social media is part of the key question here. Um, Because how we use it will actually translate into the information we receive. And then, so, you know, there's there's pros and cons to everything. But um, as to my active usage, it's not a lot. Um, I would use, I don't really rely on social media to be giving me news I used to at one point in time but um, now nowadays when your feed is uh, basically being affected by a lot of different algorithms and factors yep. it doesn't it doesn't give you the an objective point of view in terms of what the news is anymore I mean to me I think to many people as well social media is just a tool like a pencil mm. some people use it to paint and mm. some use it to draw some use it to open a door i have a friend who actually so i think it's the same way for all of us in that mm. sense mm-hmm. all right yeah <laughs> all right yeah that's, that's true um yeah. having, having said that um let's get into the the topic on everyone's minds right now so uh maybe you uh yodin you'd like to describe to us what happened with samantha k Basically, for anybody who's been living under a rock for the past week or so. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's just Zerting and Teva at this point, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? So, <laughs> so, My brother told me about it. Ah, see, that's how you can even receive information. Exactly. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, so for those of you who don't know, and I don't want to spend too much of time on this because um, we're not trying to actually really go into this topic and probably not add towards all the the attention negative attention anyway on Samantha K but um, Samantha K was a former Miss Universe who basically um, expressed her opinion on social media specifically on Instagram about the George Floyd incident and what uh, the major issue that came out of this was 
um, and the outcry that followed from her post was that she basically said that, um, for example, um, black people chose to be black, right? That's um, so these sort of these sort of lines and phrases uh, drew outrage from the Malaysian public because um, a lot of them deemed it to be ignorant, at least, which. Um, but, um, you know, there's also, I believe we're also going to discuss the, the essence of what she was trying to say, because while what she was saying did have some weight, she, most of, most people would just, um, be on the side where what she said probably has some merit, but it was worded or articulated wrongly. Teva, what is your opinion on what was said by Ms. Samantha K? So... Essentially, what we should be asking is what was wrong with what she said, right? In the general context of things, I feel like what she, was, what she said, um, most of the things of what she said, I kind of subscribe to it. Lah. What were the things she was saying? She was saying, um, we choose the things that happen to us. We choose, um, like, yeah, our soul, our soul chooses this life and things like that. I mean, in a sense, she was using a lot of um, spiritual quotes to try to explain <laughs> yeah. something. Mm. So, um, in a sense, she was trying to empathize, mm. but I mean, in a misguided way, lah. But that's about mm. it. I, I, I don't, I don't believe there was anything inherently wrong with the with what she said, but was... the way it was phrased. Yeah, the way it was phrased, that was mm. completely out of line, lah. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I think the part where she mentioned you chose to be black. Yeah, I think that was particularly sensitive for mm-hmm. yeah. not a lot of people, and she got a lot of backlash from that. In spirituality, you have three three types of bodies, la. Yeah. Uh, you have the causal, the astral, and the self. In a sense, what she was trying to say was when she said you choose your life is basically like from the astral plane coming down towards the the this plane. The human physical mm. plane, right? Mm. Yeah, the astral body chooses based on the karma that he has. Uh, so, so has basically, like life. expressing her her form of spirituality, like, Yeah. It would. Uh, would you guys say that this falls into kind of a category of like her religious belief? So she was yeah, for trying sure. to express her religious belief in in a, in a way that she thought would em- empathize with the mm. with the, the the black community in the states. Would what what do you all think? Well, for me, um, initially, I tried to, the very first hand when I, when I read the message, when my brother showed it to me, I thought I tried and um, empathize or try to come to her, go to her, um, try and understand what she's trying to say. Um, and I did get the um, spiritual part. It felt like she was talking about something beyond our control. Mm. But at the same time, she chose which. So it's a bit contradicting, right? But... Um, but at the end of the day, if we try not to give, overthink it, at the end of the day, I think um, perhaps it was not the best message to put up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, perhaps um, as an influencer, Samantha, right, in today's world, that, that it comes with a certain responsibility. You should be reading it you've got a hundred i don't know how many followers does she have i don't know how many uh-huh. how many young ladies or girls or young men are actually following her and reading her message mm-hmm. and i think that that can be dangerous because we mm-hmm. may try to reason it but young girls or young boys may not be, may not do the same 
they mm-hmm. may just read off what they see and they may just follow it or think that mm-hmm. way start to think that way yeah yeah right mm. so um yeah. yeah yeah um i think uh from what the thing said i think we can um move on to uh, asking this question lah um like what she was say talking about responsibility right as a public mm-hmm. figure what sort of responsibilities does she have towards um the people Well, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard to actually, because the thing is, people they don't actually choose to be having this responsibility, right? It's more of an mm, unspoken right. thing that is ascribed to them the moment they yes. grow, they grow their influence through gaining all different kinds of titles. You know, even mm-hmm. even content creators, for example, can have this sort of responsibility because there's a following, for example, right? That's so. How do you balance the freedom of expression? Right, because technically she's trying to exercise her her right to say what she wants to say. Well, right. granted, in this in this essence, it may have been worded wrongly, but mm-hmm. and versus her influence, because if someone else of a significantly less following were to say this, it could it it is very hard to determine whether it would have garnered such outcry, right? Mm-hmm. right? Yes. So yes. is there a way for someone to actually like balance this? Yeah. I think that's the part I've thought about this a long time ago actually I thought perhaps it's the part where the social media should step in because mm-hmm. it's a new it's a new thing right it's only it has only started the last 15 years or so I think we started mm-hmm. using Friendster right <laughs> Do you guys remember Friendster? Yeah. <laughs> ew. <laughs> Friendster ew. Hey MySpace. I used to use that. <laughs> we all were on Friendster one point yeah. Yeah. yeah but that was one of the first ones that we were that yeah. we were yeah. started using and I think because it's so new and actually over the years we've already started identifying these problems right not just pictures as well you know women feeling pressured to look a certain way or that sort of thing or look thin and that's yeah so i think this is the part where yes education will play a role but mm-hmm. at this point of time i think social media companies social media platforms have to step in right now to mm-hmm. filter what can be posted Um, mm. On the internet for everyone to see, but then again, I know it's also contradicting because where is the freedom of speech, mm. right? So these are things yeah. that we should look into and figure out over time. Mm. Tim, do you have anything yeah. to add? I've always been a big proponent of having a right to say something because when she um, when she posted that, I didn't agree with it, but also I believe that bad ideas should be revealed as bad idea and logically battle. You see, if Bad ideas are not revealed; they manifest themselves into like bad actions. So that is something that I that I strongly believe. So I think she has every right to say it, but there's also there's some responsible, yeah, there's some responsibility. Mm-hmm. Right. True. That's mm. very true as well. Especially because just... she profits from social media. All right. Mm-hmm. That that's a good point. Like she she does make money off her. Social yeah. media influence, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, yes. generally, uh, people with a large following, like they have sponsored posts. It's a way for them to reach out to, like, put that to to find work, basically, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So there is uh, that element of it. So she, even so, that too maybe adds an element of of responsibility on her to mm-hmm. to choose her words correctly. I totally agree with Tim as well. There's always this conflicting um ideas in my head, and it's um yeah, I think. When she said those things, it's important for her to say it out, and then as a, a collective, or you know, instead of 
I think people were telling her to hang herself or kill herself, you said, yeah. right, in our private yeah. chats. I think that was very yes. bad. I think perhaps that's a different approach that we could mm. take. Perhaps we could talk to her privately mm-hmm. in a kinder way. Yeah. yeah. So in that yeah. sense, I think it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's also, it's also a thing where some people who know her person personally will mm. attack her because of maybe qualms that they've had and mm-hmm. stuff yeah. like that. So exactly. it's, it's very, yeah, it's, it's not a... It's not black and white. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's very yeah. gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very gray topic. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, so uh, the, the the reason that we 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 brought critical thinking into this is because a lot of people just maybe they did not even read her full message. Maybe they did not even try to to yeah. look into what she was saying. They saw a few lines. They saw a couple of people tweet about it, and they did not uh, think about it at a deeper level. Uh, they just decided to jump on the social media bandwagon, uh, and 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 next thing you know, like there are thousands of people condemning her, and mm-hmm. they, and and how much do they really understand? It? I, I think I suspect, in fact, that a lot of people did not realize that what she was talking about was part of her spirituality. They didn't realize that yeah. there was a, it was her expressing a form of spirituality. They just uh, looked at it as her being a racist, uh, her, her being uh, racist, being discriminatory or trying to blame African-Americans for their own problems. But obviously that was not uh, what she was trying to do at all. And at the end of the day, they did not look into motive. They, they just looked at the actions yes. at face value at a very shallow level and did not mm. look into uh, what drove her to say what she said. And, and um, okay, at, at, at another level even, a lot of people who read what she said in fact, I would say like the majority of people who read what they, she said, they do not share her, her, her background or whatever spiritual book she's read and so on. They, they would not take what she said seriously. Whether it's right or wrong, they wouldn't take what she said seriously. Mm. And mm. so, uh, yeah, the kind of panic and outrage on social media, I think was uh, disproportional in, in mm. my view. Yeah. Mm. Com- compared yeah. to how much it would actually change people's minds about the issue. I don't think that there are a bunch of people because they read Samantha K will go around thinking, oh yeah, the, the African-Americans are at fault for being, um, you know, uh, yes. choked off, uh, choked by the police. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. And also, um, following up from what Bamba said, how far do we take these repercussions? Like, mm. to what extent do we go until we're satisfied with what, what, um, what repercussions she should suffer? Yeah, you know, um, that's a good point. There's a point of guilt and there's, there's a point of shame. To, to, for someone to be guilty, like in this, in this sense, she is guilty of whatever she said. She mm. should face the repercussions to whatever she said. So that, that, that goes to say, like, what are the repercussions? But mm. some people are attacking her on a fundamental basis. Like that is shaming somebody. And yeah. I don't know whether it is, you know, do we go to the extent of shaming her on her values? I, I don't know. And it's something where... You know she's gonna profit the most from this mm-hmm, because yeah. <laughs> she's gonna add her followers this this com this um, conspiracy cell. Mm. So it's yeah. it's just did that happen? I think she. Did. I, mean, I, think she did. I I know her. I knew her follower yeah. count grew. Yeah, yeah and did, it, see, did exactly. it increase? Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> back in the day, when I wonder some... why. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I want to hear what you have to say. Back in the day when. We didn't believe what someone said. We just ignored them. They became irrelevant. Yes. But today, yeah. it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> we're not we're not solving the situation. We're helping her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, honestly, and, I would not have heard about it if not for the outrage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we, none of us followed her, right? Yeah, but yeah. But on that point, even to her defense, right? Apparently, for those people who were following her for quite some amount of time before yep. this thing, actually just saw signs of her beliefs that she expressed on social media itself, mm-hmm. right? Like, this wasn't like an uncalled for thing. Like, she didn't just mm-hmm. decide to ascribe to these values overnight, right? It was something that was propagated over a period of time. And then, I don't know, I mean, I mean, I still, again, not saying that what she said was wrong, but still her so-called followers didn't actually, again, critically think as to this was part of her behavior and her values. Yeah. So what was the point? I mean, like, you, you followed her, you consumed the content and the things that she says, but then um, the moment, like, something like this happens, everyone will just take a, a snap at her blindly as well at that point. And, you know, the thing, of, the thing about it is I, I, don't, I don't want to say too much on, on this because essentially at this point in time, I just hope that she's mentally okay. <laughs> right? Yes, uh, yes. Another thing we would like to raise awareness on is mental health. And essentially this is cyberbullying what everyone has committed. Yes. And the fact is people were so quick to judge uh, on her saying this, it doesn't exactly make, it doesn't right the wrong at all, right? That's right. And um, for example, if if something were to happen to her, I don't know whether people, like, would any Malaysian take responsibility for this? Is that, where would it go to for her to actually face that sort of severe repercussion as what Teva was saying? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. You know, there, there's some fundamental things that were wrong with not just what she said, but how we re-reacted to it, which is the point in this topic, right? Yeah, uh, Yeah, I, I, I would add that also. Uh, people have a tendency to scapegoat. Uh, so what do I mean by that? I don't mean to say um, blaming somebody, just blaming somebody for your problems, but also to use somebody as an outlet for like your pent-up emotions and things like that. Right. And I suspect that that has played a lot into this because... Everybody and and not just into this, but also into the like the the whole um, activism on social media and you know on the streets in America around uh, Black Lives Matter. Uh, people have been stuck at home for three to four months. Basically, uh, people are depressed. Mental uh, depression is at an all time high. People are unemployed. They have a lot of frustration, anger. They just generally feel cooped up. And then suddenly, and a lot they... of time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, you know, uh, Sorry, they, yeah. yeah, they say an idle mind is the devil's playground, right? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so clearly in this case, uh, when this topic played up, it suddenly provided an outlet for all of this emotion which people have. And you see, like all across the world, everybody is devote, everybody is using it as a channel for, for a lot of pent up rage, or at least that's how I see it. And mm. You know, we've had like social media uh, drama and crisis in Malaysia, like in the past. But mm. honestly, I've never seen it at the level that we saw about this, about Samantha K. And mm. I, I think it just has a lot to do with people's uh, state of mind at the moment. And uh, so mm-hmm. I also wonder like whether people stop and think about why they are behaving the way they are. Why are they reacting the way they are? Um, honestly, when, when you're tweeting or when you're posting on Facebook and stuff like that, like just taking a pause to think about what you're saying, I think makes a big difference. Like our feeds would be empty <laughs> if people just yeah. <laughs> took five yes. seconds to look at what they've written, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think that this Black Lives Matter movement, this liberation, Black liberation happened at a 
at a very good time. Mm. May, may I say that it happened at a very good time when everyone, like you say, everyone's at home, everyone is free, um, everyone's on your screens all the time. Mm. We're always on WhatsApp, looking at messages from um, our aunties and uncles, and <laughs> yeah, right. And it, the video just so happened to be circulating at this time, and everyone was angry. Of course, everyone was angry. It was a terrible thing, whatever George Floyd, um, whatever happened to George Floyd, mm. right? Um, what was the question again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm going off topic. I, I hope no, I'm not no. going off topic. No, no, I think that's a good segue, right, into yes. uh, into mm. the second part of our episode, right? Yes, and then so it, and then again, it just so happened that Samantha K said this. It was definitely, I mean, we can agree that it was a bit insensitive. It was insensitive mm. right. of her to have said what she has said, she should have read through it again. I mean, definitely deserving. Um, we should all reflect on ourselves and perhaps she should as well. But yeah. uh, we should we should all, yeah. I mean, we should. Um, it's time to educate. That is why BLM is so important, right? It's urgent. It's crucial. And it's now or never. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, back to her, it's, um, it's... It's a bit hard to understand. Yes. It's very, it's very, I, I can't find the right words to articulate. Yeah. All right. So the second area that we want to talk about is... Uh, racism in America versus racism in Malaysia. So, like, why are we making this comparison? Uh, if you if you go online, uh, I think especially if you're looking at like the English speaking segment of of society, right? And people mm-hmm. around our age, twenties, early thirties, all you see uh, a lot of people posting is about what's happening there. And yeah, it's it's a vital, it's it's urgent, and uh, and it's happening right now, right? Things are happening yeah. every day. Yeah. Like uh, Zeting said, the video of George Floyd, no. You have to have a very hard heart not to be like re- truly horrified by what you saw. Mm. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, it is half a world away. And the question that occurs to me is, are we paying the same amount of attention to mm. what's going on in our own backyard? Mm. So, uh, you know, jo- Jordan Peterson is pretty uh, famous right now and he, ha- he has his book called 12 Rules for Life. Oh, I love <laughs> him. I yeah. love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but okay, so uh, why I bring this up is because one of his 12 rooms is, uh, 12 rooms, 12 <laughs> rules is to clean your room. <laughs> yeah. ah. <laughs> to clean your room. And why, why, why do I bring this up? Because mm. what he means is you should solve your own individual uh, failings first. Yeah. And then you solve the problems of trying to help your family. And then you try and help your community. And so at every level, you're building up competence and ability, right, to solve mm. problems. And then you just keep expanding your horizons and then eventually you, you try to like fix the world. But it seems like everybody is skipping those steps. We're not trying to fix the problems here. We want to fix the problem over there. So, right. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe you guys, you guys have some thoughts about this. Uh, yeah, um, Tim, do you have anything to, to add to that? So I think what you said is actually right. For me, I was very affected by because I stayed in Dallas and I saw, well, I just, I'm sorry, I didn't stay in Dallas. I, what I did was. You lived, I lived in Texas. I lived yeah. in Texas, yeah. I lived two hours from Dallas. And what happened was I used to go to Dallas during the weekends. And I saw the places that I could drive by in flames. Hmm. Sorry. In uh, flames? Sorry, not, not in flames, but like, excuse me. Someone told me, someone, <laughs> I had a conversation with someone from Santa, Mon, Santa Monica. And she was telling me that she saw her place in flames. Uh, I saw the shops that I used to go to their glasses were broken. And I thought about the people mm. who worked in those shops because that was who it directly affected. Right. right. But that's just me personally yeah. because I was there. Yeah. Yeah, so you have a personal connection to, to the place, right? Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, a lot of people here, 
I mean, how many of us have been there? How many mm-hmm. of us understand what's right. going on there? Uh, I, I don't want to say too much about this, but I, I do think that it is a kind of idealization of the West. Yes. We yes. have an obsession. Okay, mm. you can see it in the media, in the movies we watch, the music we listen to. Uh, we only uh, look at, you know, we, we only watch football from European leagues, for example. But now it has filtered down into, we are obsessed with American politics. We are obsessed with uh, Brexit or European politics. Uh, not everybody, but a particular mm. segment like the social, me- so, the social media active sort of segment. And... Uh, yeah, it, it's it's just part of it's it's like a new colonial colonialization, right, of our minds in the sense that, <laughs> yeah, mm. we we have forgotten about our roots and and our whole mindset is framed by politics in in someone else's country. So we just discussed the Samantha Katie James controversy, or more accurately, the reaction from the Malaysian public on the controversy itself. And I believe as a collective, we have agreed that it's always better to take a step back, critically think as to why are we reacting a certain way and how can my action impact the livelihood and the life of someone else. And on that note, I really just hope Samantha Katie James is mentally okay, especially, and I hope that we all move past this controversy itself. Bamba also shared his thoughts and opinions on our obsession with the Western media and I believe that he is right. I am guilty of this. Many of us are. Especially listening to this podcast on Spotify. But on that note, we need to be able to divert our mental resources inwards and think about the issues. Learn about the issues that directly impact our lives as well because we need to be able to clean our own rooms first before we move on to someone else's. Um, a lot of people would actually say, right, why they felt that connection was that it was recorded. It was a brutal killing that was recorded, which is why a lot of people expressed their solidarity towards George, George Floyd and the overall cause movement in America. The criticism to that is that apparently it is not the first time it, a death, a violent death was recorded, especially when it came to police brutality. A lot of black journalists, for example, were even questioning why did they have to take George Floyd to raise such an outcry, right? Um, why, why George Floyd, for example? Um, a lot of people uh, even don't actually take the time to actually go beyond what they saw, understand the facts of police brutality in America. I think it was something Bamba will get into in, in a little bit. But essentially, the idolization, is, obviously, it comes from the media, right? In Malaysia, there's a significant problem with these incidents of police brutality, which does exist, definitely goes severely underreported. Mm-hmm. We do not know the stats and the numbers just because it's not even filmed doesn't mean it doesn't happen, right? The, and because obviously the thing is, this is the problem I have with social media. Right? It's so geared towards the idolization of even celebrities, Western content, movies, Western culture as a whole that it's so easy to just think about um, to dismiss what we know locally or even see locally because all we really see is the West. Right? I can completely relate to that. You were going to add on. I mean, I mean, no. So, uh, yeah. I think we're we're actually going to just a little bit talk about the discrimination, not only that is faced with uh within minorities here, but also migrant workers, yeah, yeah. for example. Here, right? There's a lot of injustices that happen all around the world, not just America. So, some there was a lot of outcry even in Malaysia post this whole Samantha K thing. 
as to why are we so concerned with what's happening in the West, like as what Bamba said, right? And we need to look inwards into our own issues because there is a significant depth that is that exists, the lack of depth, sorry, that exists um, in regards to our own, own issues. And I think we'll, does anyone have to, anyone yeah, I think uh, the thing was about to say something. Yeah, maybe you can go. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I was um, trying to follow my thoughts yeah. as you were, as you were talking. <laughs> so um, um, on that note, idolization of the West, yeah. right, Bamba and Yodin, what you were speaking of, I think in our private chat yesterday, we, I've mentioned, um, I don't understand I don't understand why that is happening because, you know, being in China for five and a half years, I've met a lot of um, friends, um, acquaintances mm. who are in high profiles and they've been sent from, you know, Austria and America and the UK to, to, to China, to Asia, not just Asia, to Singapore, to Malaysia, mm. to Vietnam, to work. Mm. And these people are actually coming here to learn about Asia, right? They're, le- they're not only learning, they're learning our values and all that and, that's basically what's been happening in the West. And mm. in Asia, we, we're not aware of that. We still think of the West as the, um, the role model, I think. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But actually what's been happening um, in the West in the last few years, in the last decade at least, is that they've actually started to come over to Asia. So I, I just don't understand why are we still looking that side when there's so much more to yeah. do over here. Yeah, and... Uh... Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I think it, it's it's also it's um yeah like you said a, a lot of people look to the West as a role model and also a lot like we've been talking about it a lot of people are also uh, they feel that the West problems are their own you know <laughs> yes, uh, yes. That's a no doubt no thing. doubt no doubt the BLM yeah. for instance yeah. it requires a yeah. global um, support from everyone mm. right but then mm. at the same time like you said we have so many things like. I was just talking to a friend yesterday. Apparently, we don't have proper laws for stalking. Mm. There is no anti-stalking mm-hmm. law, mm. right? Um, can we be hearing this? <laughs> um, sexual harassment laws. There's no um, racism. Racism is a big problem yeah, here. There's no child marriage laws, right? Mm. Are you there's sorry? No child marriage laws. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So it's it's just why right why there. are those things? <laughs> Why are those things not being advocated yeah. or uh, why do you no know awareness and things so, like that? Yeah, on that note, um, we wanted to do a bit of comparison of uh, what is the state of racism in the West or in particular in, particularly in America since that's what it's on everyone's mind right now and uh, how bad is it compared to here? What are the kind of problems that we have mm. here? So, <laughs> we'll just go over a few areas. I want to start with policing because uh, obviously it, uh, that, that's in the news right now. So, um, Tim was in the state, so maybe he can talk a bit about uh, the state of police brutality in, in America. What is the, the bigger picture? Because I suspect that a lot of people, yeah, they're, they're posting the black squares and uh, solidarity with George Floyd and so on. But uh, they don't like read into it, read one of the stats on police brutality, shootings of, shootings of unarmed civilians and so on. So they don't really understand how, uh, what is the severity of the problem. So Tim, jump in. Okay, this is, this is where I'm going to get a bad name. Um, so from my sources, I, I, I listen to conservative media, I listen to liberal media. And uh, I don't listen to CNN or Fox News. I listen to individuals. So this is this is what I'm quoting from them. Uh, according to my sources, that the black community consists of 13% of the population, and they're responsible mm-hmm. for 40% of the crime in the country. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not saying that is 
that is uh, justification for police brutality is not. Uh, George Floyd was killed in front of, and he, he did not deserve to be tried and murdered in front on that street, 100%. But these are things that um, we don't hear on social, we don't hear movements tackling, you see? These are very specific issues that, that um, we don't hear these facts. We don't hear these facts. Okay. We don't hear these facts. All right. Um, I'll just jump in a bit. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, in regards to to um, um, police shootings, for example, in America, uh, well, the Washington Post did a study uh, tracking all these deaths. And uh, in 2019, in the whole year, there were 19 shootings of unarmed uh, white white civilians and nine shootings of armed. Uh, unarmed uh, African-Americans. So obviously, every one of these incidents is very tragic. No doubt, um, all of them should be investigated. And it's, um, it, it was a matter of chance, basically, that this particular incident was recorded. And no doubt, like, you know, you have so many problems, like the police are becoming militarized and so on. But uh, from what you hear on social media, you would not guess that that is the scale of the problem. Uh, you, you would think that it's uh, at, at a kind of epidemic uh, level, uh, when in fact, when you when you come back to Malaysia, there is a kind of <laughs> epidemic in in terms of police violence. Yeah, and it's not <laughs> it's not confined to those kinds of numbers. You must remember that we are a country like one tenth the size, right? So yeah. uh, we don't pose a threat to the police because we don't have. Yeah. Wait, who is one? Well, I mean, no, I mean to say our population well, is one tenth the size Malaysia. of America. But if you look from from uh, yeah. yeah, right, right. So there's okay. a study done uh, between 2002 to 2016. 257 mm-hmm. deaths in custody in Malaysia. So, I mean, in America, they're talking about the police um, killing people in encounters, right, on the street. But these are people who have already mm-hmm. been taken, restrained, and put in a cell in a police station, and they die in the lockup cell. So, 257 mm-hmm. deaths, out of which only 62 were reported to the media or to NGOs. Uh, if you want yeah. to talk in terms of racial discrimination, I mean, there are a lot of reasons to go into this, but the basic stats are... Uh, Indians make up 7% of the population, but 25% of the deaths in custody in these lockup cells. And, uh, and this is the official figures. Um, people like Swaram think that it could be up to 50% because there's chronic yeah. under-reporting oh, of, no. of these figures. So like, my question is, um, how many people are aware of these, these numbers? How many people are aware of the names? I myself am not aware of most of the names because they don't even come out in the news. And in fact, uh, Swaram yeah. uh, I, uh, was saying that a lot of the problem here is that these people simply don't have anybody to report them. They don't have uh, family members or anybody left. Uh, so there's nobody, to, there's nobody yeah. to raise attention to it. And so the police sort of um, get away with murder, basically. Yeah. Um, does anyone mm. want to jump in on that? Unfortunately, because it's so un- underreported, yeah. I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but basically the, 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 no, basically the point is it that problem also exists parallelly in Malaysia, yeah. yes. right? So even um, based on Swaram, Swaram's report, I think approximately out of the 257, I think 62 were reported, Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Majority of these were Indians. And even the nature of, of deaths, right? I, uh, maybe even in regards to one of the deaths in custody, and it was a quite a famous one. Um, I believe his name was Coogan. Yes, yes, this was in I remember that. Right? And he was arrested for alleged car theft. Alleged. And ended up dying in the cell in, for, in the next three days. So oh, this 
the crime equal the actual punishment that he I, endured. Can right? I interrupt? Oh yeah. So I remember the Fugan case was he had so many scars all over his body, but the cause mm. of that, the cause of death was reported to be um, water in the lungs. If I'm not mistaken, mm. you can fact check me on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So essentially, uh, there was some justice in the end for that case because the mom of Coogan, Coogan's mother, eventually sued the, and she was awarded compensation to a degree, even though there's no actual value to a life, but at least there is some justice there. But the injustice that wasn't served was the cops that brutally abused and killing Coogan. They were suspended, they were sent to death duty, and then when they were finally charged, they were only temporarily suspended, right? So... Whereas at least in the, at, at least, I mean, the thing is, because again, it's underreported, I do not know what's happening post 2016 until now. Um, whether it's improving, I, w- I wouldn't know. Um, but I would at least hope to um, police, ex- if, if the policemen that actually commit these crimes are actually put to justice. Right. Right? Yeah. Okay. So. Um, that's policing. Maybe we can move on into uh, yeah. education. So uh, there's lots of areas where Malaysians, uh, some of them are aware, but a lot of them are, are sort of blind to these issues or, and tend not to talk about them at all. Uh, for example, like in matriculation, mm. you have this issue where 90% of the places are reserved for, for Putra, 10 places for majority. Uh, yeah, and you have so many like science colleges basically set up for uh, only for the majority group in this country. You have scholarships which mm. are reserved for them and uh, yeah so a lot of people in the sort of middle upper class like maybe because they don't need to access uh, public education but they generally uh, don't pay so much attention to this especially if you look online like if you look at the political topics which mm-hmm. people are talking about online uh, yeah mm. it, it's, it's really not, not there um, mm. but I think what is most egregious is how we are treating immigrants in this country and how little is being said about that so mm-hmm. I will give you something which happened like quite recently, uh, in April, in fact, mm-hmm. and which most I think from talking to my friends, a lot of them have not heard about this incident. So yeah, this involves mm-hmm. the Rohingya refugees. So the Rohingya mm-hmm. refugees, as you Myanmar. know, yeah, they were expelled from Myanmar. Their villages yeah. were burned, and they uh, in Bangladesh in overcrowded conditions where they get flooded and and uh, illnesses from just the swamp that they live in. So they get on these boats and mm-hmm. try to flee to to Malaysia, basically. Uh, it's a whole different topic about whether they have a right to do so or not. But basically, there was this boat with about 480 refugees on it. These are rickety boats, you know, like they are overcrowded, uh, they're overcrowded, no sanitation and, and so on. And our Coast Guard uh, in April turned this boat back repeatedly at the high seas, you know, in the, in the Indian Ocean, they turned this boat back. And I think the boat was at sea for about two months before finally they managed to get back to Bangladesh, by which time 52 of the refugees on board had died from starvation, dehydration, beatings by the people smugglers. Yeah. Uh, and yet we don't know anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's my first time hearing yeah. it as well. Yeah. I mean, um, okay, why do you guys think that um, Malaysians generally, they talk about racism, yes, among the citizens, um, especially the older generation talks about it a lot. We don't talk about it so much. But why do you think that we, we have no awareness of what happens to uh, people from other countries who, who are experiencing this kind of discrimination on our shores? I, I believe it, it comes into identity politics come into play here, right? Um, our idea of... 
right? So I mean, like, what do we consider? Um, we don't really think about the the other, right? Because we're so much trying to focus on the self, which is basically our idea, our idea of what it is to be a Malaysian. The the definition of what a Malaysian is, and um, granted, we've taken, we've grown and progressed in society where, despite the racial um, discrimination that we feel. At least within the younger generations, there's this collective identity that is somewhat forming. We just need to at least make sure that while this is forming, we actually need to take care of the identity itself and not pay too much attention to what's going on abroad. Whereas these issues, again, like what Bamba said, is happening here. And I mean, as the thing is, we're not actually taking action, right? What what action are we taking towards helping the minorities? We uh, there's this common stereotype of perception is that. The minorities that come here, they could even be responsible for most of the crimes that happen. It's a stereotype, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, right? it is. So, we don't we don't actually have that mentality of welcoming others, and the 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 term migrant workers has a negative yes, connotation it to it. Yeah. Compared yes. a migrant worker to the term of an expat. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Right? Yes. Right. <laughs> There's a totally different connotation there. You um. And migrant workers itself, that term would basically denote you towards having millennial jobs like construction workers. Whereas if you think of the word expat, it would be towards uh, maybe even a tech company or anything of a, a high social standing sort of job, right? Or retirement. So, yeah. Or retirement. So, you know, the, the whole negative stereotypes that come in and enforce them uh, enforce these ideas around even the whole term of being a migrant worker, we will automatically shun them from society, I believe. You, that is my That opinion. has been the case. That has been the case. Right? Um, yeah, so we need, to, we need to actually help those in need regardless of really the, where they come from. And, um, and actually on that note, uh, I want to talk about statelessness. Whereas even like the Rohingyas they're, they're stateless people, right? Which is why they had to be refugees. They were not associated to a nationality. So for those of you who don't know what statelessness is, is that um, a, a person who is deemed stateless if they are denied any sort of nationality, even if they were born in a particular country. Due to many, there are many factors which contribute towards statelessness. For example, lack of education or being registered at a hospital. Um, so uh, difficult economic equa- uh, situations that prevent them from going to the hospital. You know, most of these births actually happen at home because they are unable to go in, go to a hospital and deliver and get their child delivered. So this issue is um, widely experienced by even Malaysians. There are a lot of Malaysians who remain stateless. Um, most of the Malaysians who remain stateless are particularly Indians. There are also a lot of migrant workers in Malaysia who end up having children in Malaysia are denied citizenship. And when you're denied citizenship, you can't literally you can't get anything. You can't get education. You can't get healthcare. You can't get loans. I mean, and then you're just stuck being uh, entering the workforce at such a, an early age, and your destiny is pretty much set from your birth because that's you don't exist legally. You don't exist anywhere. And the reason, again, tying back to the overall topic of critical thinking of within social media is that again, the I have to pay homage to a lot of the activists that are trying to do their job here, right? And by us diverting so much attention to the West, you're they're not giving the right attention to the people here who sacrifice their lives towards helping these people. That is happening in your own country, right? They they need our help. I am I, for example, 
I mean, I haven't been giving my best towards helping these people. I am that that's the level of hypocrisy here, but I'm judging it. We need to do better, right? So when we critically think again, supporting the Black Lives Matter movement is is important for all of humanity, but we cannot actually really forget of what can actually directly impact your life. Proximity <laughs> is so important here. We are so easy to ascribe to a certain movement that doesn't have direct impact on your life because if you were to actually be at the brunt force of it, you wouldn't actually have the time to be on social media. You'd be mm-hmm. yeah. you'd be really scared for your life, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I keep on thinking. I actually actually ask myself this question: What if I actually went into a really underprivileged? I went to a migrant worker here. I went to a stateless person in Malaysia. I went to a poor. Um, marginalized person's home in Malaysia and ask them, would you give your support to the Black Lives Matter movement? I really cannot imagine the disappointment that they would have in, in myself. Like, in, especially if I'm an, an Indian, right? But and I'm calling for support for a, for a movement that doesn't exist here in this country, technically. <laughs> I... I really would... I would spit in my face. <laughs> Literally, I'll, I'll go to that extent. Like... Like, I feel like, how dare me, you know? Yeah. Well, well, actually, I can certainly see where you're coming from. I can mm-hmm. see, I can just imagine being in your shoes right now, mm-hmm. right? So, but at the, at the same time, a part of me just wants, I just want to see how big this um, BLM movement can go. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that means, if it can be so big, yesterday my friend in Vienna sent me videos uh, she posted on Instagram videos of people protesting in Vienna. And by the way, when I was in Austria in November, I barely saw any black person on the street. And you right. had people protesting for BLM. That's amazing. Yeah, Is it BLM? Yeah, yeah. Black Lives Matter. Yes, BLM. Yes. <laughs> so a part of me just wants to see how the magnitude, how big this can be. Mm-hmm. Right? And therefore, that means there's a possibility mm. for us to bring up issues in the future perhaps about racism, not just about Black Lives Matter, right? Racism as a whole for Indians, for the yellow skin, for Hispanics or whatever. We can just, we're able to bring it up to that scale in the future. That's a good point, right? That's because it's not happening over here, but that can spark a train, a trend of movements around the world. That's right, that's right. So, yes, it mm. it may, when you go to a shelter and you ask somebody right now, would you support BLM? I mean, I don't know if they, they're even aware of it. Yeah. I mean, prob- mm, mm. they might be, but... Um, yeah. Show them like but, a black box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, okay, speaking of the yeah. black box, okay, speaking of, of making awareness, we, we had a similar movement before, if you guys remember, our elections... In um, twenty thirteen, ah, yes. remember, do you remember how Facebook? Yeah, remember how Facebook? Yeah, up? yes. Yeah, I mean that worked. That worked for a short while, not yeah. as big as BLM, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But just the possibilities of uh, for uh, different issues. Mm. Maybe, maybe next time we will be having yellow boxes on Instagram yeah. or something. But one thing yeah. at a time, like one thing. As, as long as we don't run out of colors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah. But, like, yeah, we were talking a bit about this yesterday, like uh, the the changing the profile picture to the black box. It was actually in yes, 2013, yes. Uh, after the elections, right, where the opposition yeah. won a majority of the votes and was still shut out of government. And everybody was uh, involved in the movement. I remember after the a couple of days after the election, there was an opposition rally in Klanajaya Stadium, and there were 250,000 yep. 
Malaysians there. It was so crowded that yeah. the it was, yeah. <laughs> it was overflowing into the housing area. There was just a sea of people. The, the opposition leaders had to be brought in on motorbikes because the cars couldn't pass. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's the, the kind yeah. of energy that people had towards uh, our local causes back then, right? Okay, then you fast yeah. forward seven years and two or three months ago, we basically lost the government that we voted for. <laughs> oh yeah, that's another issue to talk yeah, about. Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is a whole other topic. Yeah, sure. But where yes. were the black boxes then? You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. Exactly. That's a good point. No, again, again, yes. Um, it's very. I, I, I'm very impressed that all of you here today. You invited me, and you're, you, you have all these questions yeah. about why are we not looking at our own problems? Yes, there is this, but. We also have a lot of problems, right? But mm. I, I would say, let it, let that happen. Let whatever yeah. that is happening on social media. I think that's yeah. the benefits of social media. Right. Yes, there are mm. downsides as well that we just follow the trend and everything, yeah. right? But mm. um, I, I'm very curious to see how big this can go and whether the question is, is it going to be effective? Right. Is the judicial mm. system, is the legal um, system in America going to change because of this? And if it is, if it is indeed effective, I think that will give more courage to local Malaysians to step up and and look into our own problems. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. Like, yeah, in in that sense, yes, it could inspire us. Yeah, that's yeah. another side of it, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like what you just mentioned, Malaysians have the capacity to mobilize. Right, Malaysians have the capacity to mobilize. Uh, and we definitely saw this even as recent as 2018, the new election. The cause, the support for the cause was so strong. The point, the point was to overthrow the ruling government or at least get Najib out of power, right? So that was a common goal. And especially uh, people are a lot more aware of it is because it, it blew out of proportion. 1MDB blew out of proportion, which was at least the root of everything that happened. And, you know, um, the night of the election, people all, all around the country, they tried to go to the local constitu- cons- constituencies and, like, gather collectively, wait for the announcement of the new government. Even ourselves, we gathered at the Padang. We mobilized yeah. together, showed support, solidarity, right? Maybe over time, um, the moment the objective was met, it waned, yeah. right? Um, we thought that we got rid of the overall problem and the rest would probably soon follow. That's probably the negligence that probably happened. Right, right. So I, again, uh, just probably have to think that we are capable of mobilizing, but we need to critically think yeah. to mobilize, I believe. Yeah, and, and I think that, that uh, this is where social media could play such a big part because like, as we mentioned, like there is social media is supposed to be a platform, yes, where you connect, but where you share information, right? And and uh, yeah, people should be using this platform to to raise to raise awareness like of, of all the things that you have you that we've all been been talking about. But mm. uh, yeah, and you know, uh, no doubt, if if change can happen in America, then it could inspire us. Yeah, I I, I do believe that also. But uh, also at the same time, uh, yeah, I disagree. Tell me, tell me, I want to hear yeah. what you have to say. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I disagree completely. I don't think. Um, what's happening out there would change anything that's happening here. I truly don't believe that because mm. so many things have happened in the past. It has not sparked anything. I mean, okay, we can say it has sparked uh, the conversation to be started. Fine. 
but nobody would go to the extent of what they what people in US are are, are going to in Malaysia at least. I I I, mm. I don't believe they would. We mm. we experience racism on an institutional level. Okay, uh, it's race-based oppression here. We have we have never questioned it. We have normalized it our whole lives. What makes you think that mm. suddenly a uh, uh, Black Lives Movement happens in America, sparks conversations between us, and then suddenly we all would, you know, show solidarity towards each other? Come on. I highly... <laughs> it's, it's all, no, just, I think it's all just some sort... Your skepticism is good. Your skepticism is good. I, I think it's a realistic yeah. point of view. No, honestly, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. we blow it's things good. out of it's proportion yeah. in other countries, but in our country, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. Think about it. Yeah. The States has... They had the Civil Rights Movement. Mm. They had the Housing Act Movement. Mm. They had affirmative action. We don't even have... Yeah. We don't even have that much. You know, it's it like... Yeah. It's, it's a complete 360. Mm-hmm. So it's a complete 180. Oh yeah, 360. And now yeah, you started. May I ask a question? Um, how do you think we can change that? Huh. How do you think we can make, make people get involved? Because... Yeah. I have I, the same questions as well. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, I, please, Tim. Yeah. Personally, for me, I don't think, and this is a very realistic view. Mm, please. I don't think we can. Yes. I think I'm more interested in keeping the peace here, you see, and getting what okay. we can. Because, like, I remember when we had the birthday mart, there was a red, a red t shirt mart. Mm-hmm. Remember? Mm-hmm. That was a protest yes. towards yeah. the birthday yeah. march. <laughs> and it was the. I don't know, was it, was it Muslim or was it? Malay rights rally. The Malay rights rally. What, what Malay rights? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it's, and, but the birthday goal was in simple, it was a simple goal. It was for clean elections. That's it. We just want clean elections. Yeah. And, and right. to that, there was a Malay rights march. I mean, like, I don't think. Why, why should they still stand in opposition to each other? Right? Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, mm. Like Tim, do you think that what do you? Uh, I, I, you know, to a certain extent, I have to agree with Tim because um, we've tried many things in the past. It's just, it's just that it hasn't worked. Um, I also recently found out that we've okay. This is how long I've not been on uh, social media, lah. I, I didn't know that we didn't ratify the the ISAT. You know, yeah, and that's insane. Uh, yeah, yeah, so. Can you? Uh, I said it's the convention yeah. on really on racial discrimination, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we are one of the countries who did not ratify that. It's obvious enough that we that you know um they're protecting one race and they're not protecting any other race. We have uh uh how do I say how do I say this before without sounding incriminating? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right. Okay. That's, yeah. One, that's my point. Yeah. I, I I would say I'm not so pessimistic. Uh, as in, okay, there is activism online, but there are also things you can do like joining civil society groups, right? So I think like Yodin has been part of some and uh, like think tanks and things like that. Uh, uh, I, myself and some of my friends at the previous election, we, we trained and went out as election observers. Yeah. So yeah, these are the things mm-hmm. you can do like on the ground. Uh, with all these issues, for example, like uh, with the the issue of migrants, there are schools you know set up in in KL where yep. you can volunteer your time and go and and teach and and teach them. Uh, these uh, stateless individuals, which you didn't talk about, don't have access to education. So I would think I, I would say that uh, the way we can change this is by taking action in the real world, as opposed to just 
um, shouting, yeah, per- mm, performative activism on social media, as mm. Eva said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I told our friends this. If I was a racist, I would close the back box because that gives me instant credibility. You see, and if I shouted at a racist and said Black Lives Matter, I don't think he would be not a racist. Yeah, as in it doesn't if yeah it doesn't change people's minds yeah okay in in who are really racist. So I mean the solution isn't really it's not as clear cut. I mean we def the first step ultimately to any sort of change is action, right? Clear as day. Um, we are dealt with a lot of blocks in our path towards where we want to take action and start removing them one by one, peeling the layers uh, as we go on. Taking uh being a part of grassroots movement definitely a, conversations need to start. Which is why, again, a lot of there's a lot of outcry. Again, we need to look inwards. Take these conversations locally, uh, within your own community, right? Um, and then we can move forward as to the actual laws. I probably am not as optimistic as Bamba. I'm probably on the same level as Mepteva or Tim. I, for the at least the foreseeable future, I don't believe there'll be a change. At, at least. I mean, the if there's a change in policy, why not, lah? But I, 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 yeah. I just believe. It it would be very 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 difficult, but mm-hmm. not impossible. That is the thing. Difficult, very difficult, not impossible. But it takes energy, right? It takes it action. Takes energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Instead of so, you know, um, yeah. spending our time giving energy towards a cause that we that is we're not in proximity with, why not, you know, yeah. Give, yeah. Um, channel the energy towards something that's that we are affected yeah. on a daily basis. Okay. Allow me to just be bold, okay? I need to be on the same. I need to be able to participate yes. in this conversation, and I'm just going to use the word that we I have think we've all avoiding. And I think, are you guys talking about Bumiputra rights? Yeah, there is uh, one yeah, of them. Sure. Is it is yes, it yes. is it the Bumiputra rights? Yes. What else them. are we talking about? Yeah, we are talking basically are about talking? Uh, Bumiputra rights in uh, in in this country. Um, yeah, there's favoritism. I, I know. It's perhaps. Perhaps it's a taboo to talk about it on, on the show. I think I, <laughs> or can I, it's not taboo. No, it's not taboo. <laughs> uh, I, I would say... No, no, no. Okay. I mean, certain parts yes, of yes, it no, is discriminating. Com- yes, I know. I know. I understand. Yeah. And I, I never speak about this. Yeah. Outside the walls of my mm-hmm. of my home. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but since we're on this topic and we're talking about it, we're, we're only shying away from the word. But mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, that's what we're talking about. That's right. right? Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. I think I think it's a, it's good to address it mm-hmm. here. I don't know if you want to put this up. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's no, just, no, we're going to put this up. Yeah, we'll talk it. Yeah. No, we're going to talk about yeah. it. Um, growing up, all right, I remember someone telling me that um, when Malaysia was formed, I think 60 years ago, right? Mm. 60 plus mm. years ago, that um, our representatives of our race had sat down and agreed to have this Bumiputra rights. Am I right or wrong on this? You're right. I might be wrong on this. I might be wrong on this. So ever since then, um, ever since then, I just thought, okay, if they have agreed with it, there's nothing I can do about it. Mm. I was young, right? But as I, as I grew up, especially now as I start entering the workforce, I'm starting to see the inequalities, uh, how unfair it can be in terms of buying houses, mm-hmm. right? Boom, um, boomy Putras get a cheaper, I'm not sure, a, cheaper, a cheaper discount. Yeah, yeah. A, uh, the discount, right. And um, what else do they have? They get to enter university first, right? The first 10% enters first. And 
um, what else do they have? Um, uh, uh, see, I'm not even aware of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, see, uh, I never uh, even questioned quotas about in public no, but, companies uh, and so on. Yeah, so many things. Yeah. Yes, and and it makes me sad that some of us, many of us, think that even my parents, we never think of changing it, doing something about it. Mm. Yeah. So, which is why, which is why I asked you, what can we do about it? Because it's obviously unfair. It is obviously against it. It's, yeah. I mean, what's the difference with this to, to what's happening in the US? Yeah, and, I mean, it, yes, that's that's a of course that, that's violence. Yeah. That's violence. Okay, perhaps I can't compare it that way, but yeah. it's a long-standing question. I think, what can we do about it? Yeah, I think to me, to me at least, I think education is key. Education is key yeah. over here, and and mass media plays a big big part as well what we see on the news what's being phrased on the newspaper i mean the, i mean it's a it's a big topic yeah, yeah. i mean it's, uh, it's a yeah, it's a no. difficult question and yeah. to answer because there's really not one answer to this otherwise i believe it wouldn't solve exactly but like yeah. you said exactly. it takes education and takes action yeah yeah, yes. yeah. i'm we can't education and yeah on, and on every key. aspect and every level yeah actually yes. um so you know on that note right i wanted to just also, just lastly, maybe address one point. The whole thing why we brought this topic up was that the, there's a issue with bandwagoning, right? Right? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We were discussing whether social media has even um, destroyed um, individualism, right? No one's yes. no one's afraid. Everyone's afraid to have an opposing view to norm or what is acceptable socially. So, um, if a lot of people would probably be ostracized if they weren't actually in support of this movement they were going towards a path and a journey where there is no exchange of ideas but rather uh, one truth is formed and if you didn't conform to this truth uh, you are so-called cancel right yeah. how like what is your thoughts on this is, is this in your opinion the same yeah, yeah. I, th I think like like well, it's, it's what it's what we've been talking about uh, previously, right? And it plays into activism a lot also because uh, people get their people not just get their updates from their friends. They get their news from social media. They get their uh, insights from social media. They get new ideas from uh, social media, right? Uh, but the problem is not with the platform. I think in itself, I think the problem is in the way that people use the platform. So it used to be about an exchange, but it has become uh, something along the lines of like I go there to to feel a part of something just by uh, parroting somebody else's opinion, right? Yeah. So I, I think that that's what's uh, leading to to cancel culture, cancel culture, so called. I think that also uh, maybe the way that is regulated also. So uh, some social media platform is more regulated by the company themselves than others, right? Like for example, Twitter is probably more regulated than Facebook, uh, Twitter sort of uh, censors and blocks certain accounts. Uh, whereas Mark Zuckerberg, um, quite famously, right, uh, he 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 just lets the conversation happen, right? Yeah. So I think that the danger when social media companies are regulating are regulating their platforms, which have become like a kind of speech platform, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So they are also sort of filtering the ideas which get to you. They yeah. are. They're excluding some ideas which fall outside their conception of what is uh, morally the norm. Mm. Yeah, mm. so I, I think that is part of what's playing into all of this. Uh, is there a way to... Is the solution to just not be on social media at this point? <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> 
right? I mean, Teva, have you been more woke <laughs> since being <laughs> off social media? Can I can I interrupt? Yes. I think the solution is to think. Mm. That's that's what I think is the big picture. I think if anything, people should always think. Yeah, for themselves, right? For themselves, yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, in terms of getting off social media, right? Like, Teva has been off for one and a half years. Uh, I also took a break for like 40 days, you know, during Lent a couple of months ago. <laughs> 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 and honestly, right, I realized at some point that I was scrolling through my social media sort of to be outraged at everything that I see. Like when I'm bored, I scroll through and like, what? <laughs> this person said, what? <laughs> yeah, and I felt uh, so much calmer, you know. <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, yeah, I, I think that maybe not go off it altogether because like, I think it's, it's important because so many people are on it that you at least like add your kind of, uh, add your kind of moderation to the, to the platform lah, but uh, to limit it to an extent so that it doesn't become a kind of upset, uh, yeah, a kind of like rage porn kind of thing, you know, where you're just <laughs> going onto the platform to to shout about something. So yeah, yeah. that's where I stand on it. Um, I don't know about the rest of you. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. The While there's an importance to maintain a sense of community, so again, it depends when you're critically thinking about what to follow and what to subscribe to. It's fine if you do it in the numbers, but Think before you think before you do it. It'll be great if we could replicate the same energy dev- devoted to BLM to something local. And as you said, right, what happened in 2013, the black boxes. Maybe we feel like the black boxes with the hashtag Blackout Tuesday is irrelevant and doesn't solve anything. But I, it can build a sense of community. That's where I can argue as well, right? At least when it happened locally. Then we saw all the black boxes in our timeline. We knew we weren't alone. While you were hurting, someone else was hurting, for example. So, but the thing is, you critically thinking goes beyond social movements. It, it goes into debates, goes into ideas. The fact that, and being open to a discussion, right? That's what I am most uh, aggrieved about. I don't want to be afraid to share my opinion and be lynched on publicly. Yeah, online, right? Yeah. Online. I think that follows through cyberbullying. That is exactly what happened to Samantha. There was no no intention. I believe it was to a point was very malicious to what happened to her from from the people. She has to be mentally mm-hmm. strong to endure that. So on that point, um, yeah, think. <laughs> think for yourself. Yeah, I think. Think for yourself. I think that's yeah. the thing to take away. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I, may I just add? Um, yeah. Think and question. Right. Yeah. Question. Right. right. Exactly. Question. You got to think and question. Why, perhaps how, and why is why is something happening? I'm sorry, that was me. <laughs> yes. Um. On that note, on cement decay, I think it was as I've as I've already mentioned, it was insensitive. The message was a little insensitive, but the response she got was unfair. Cyberbullying is wrong. Um. We cannot condemn someone for speaking their mind. It is, it is wrong. Let's just take China for instance. COVID, right? They were the first people, they were the country who came out and said, okay, guys, there's this virus going on, right? And yet what happened was all the countries, not all the countries, some countries came up and they say they wanted to sue China. I mean, (laughs) mean, you're condemning the whistleblower. So what's going to happen next time? What's going to happen next time is that 
each country, whichever country who finds the first case of a new virus, yeah. right, they're going to be afraid to to actually say, hey, guys, there's a new virus coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, you might want to take mm-hmm. note of it. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Cyberbullying is wrong. Yeah, we should not condemn them. And yes, on that note, social media, think and question. And I will, uh, I will continue to use social media. Yeah. Um, because I find it educational, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think I have a good filter system. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, that's what you need. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's, it's um, yeah. It, it depends on the yeah. It depends on the user more than depends anything on the person. else. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, are we done? Yeah, I think that that's a good place to 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 end it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Okay. So you know, ev- everyone, th- uh, thank you for listening. Um, again, I'd like to thank my guests Zerting and Tim for show. No we had a we had an episode where we discussed a lot of a lot of issues. You know that uh, that's currently happening, and I believe while we don't have an easy solution to some, ultimately the point is. The takeaways would be to think, question, take action yeah. to all of the things we said earlier, right? So, you know, ironically, we'll be posting this on social media when we've just spent an hour and a half condemning social media. <laughs> I really don't know how else to do this. We are hypocrites. Yes. But, yeah. um, you know, again, finally, also let's look inwards into our country, help one another. It starts with us, right? Yeah starts with uh, people within our so mm-hmm. uh, guys would you like to say anything else no nope. same the thing no nope. okay thank you for having me no problem it's been, it's been a pleasure it's been a pleasure okay alright so on that note uh, thank you very much and we'll see you next time <laughs>